right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We are here at the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast with episode number 19. We are hitting up the week one rewind and uh, go back and see how we did on our very first week of fantasy football. Uh, I'm just glad to be back and sink my ass on the couch for a bit and watch some football. It was a good time. And and then we're going to uh, lean into week two and give you guys a little bit of insight on uh, what we're thinking for the upcoming week here. So before we get going into the fantasy, we might as well say hello to the fellows while we're at it. Uh, Armand, what's going on here? How was, uh, how was, how did week one treat you this, uh, this past week? Oh man, like dynasty for some reason, those are probably the teams that I thought was my weakest teams. I won in both dynasty leagues and, uh, my keeper league, which I commish. And then I lost in pretty well every redraft I am in, except our, uh, our, uh, actual home league here with the three Oh six pod. So, um, not great with uh, my redraft this year uh i i uh i followed what we've been saying all year with going hard on those rbs like taking rbs early and often and it bit me in the butt this week hopefully uh we see those elite rbs start to put up numbers that they should soon here absolutely zach how about yourself uh, how do week one treat you well i'm just happy football's back uh fantasy football wasn't that great, but I think we can all agree that we're all winners with football back. Um, Sunday was a lot of fun. Uh, watching the Pats game, having the fans in the stadium, uh, having that third down foghorn when the Pats are on defense and hearing the crowd go crazy. Um, just really enjoyable to have that back. Uh, I didn't realize how much I missed having the fans in the stands. Makes the game a lot more enjoyable. Absolutely. I watched my lines get destroyed and I still had a great time. Like the fans were in it. It was a good time. And they came back, man. It was a, it was actually a fun, pretty fun game to watch. They didn't roll over and die like they would have with the Patricia regime, but it was actually, uh, it was an enjoyable game to watch, but I, uh, I still think man, that Thursday nighter might've been the best football game of the week. And it might be hard to top that one between uh, Tampa Bay and, and Dallas man. Oh man, that was a good football yeah, game. That was straight Madden. Like yeah. just, <laughs> up and down the field track meet football is nfl was like hey did you guys miss us how about let's just put on a show week one day one game one let's let let's let's give the people what they want and old man i uh i was pretty fired up and that yeah. that crowd was loud um so might as well get this uh might as well get this episode going here folks uh we are going to start and do, 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 do. there we go. Uh, let's get her going with the insiders and headliners first. A couple of unfortunate things. <laughs> we we did our podcast on the last one before, and then it just seemed like guys were dropping like flies leading up to the leading up to the season. There, obviously, we talked about the Dobbins news and what that meant to the Ravens. Uh, and then we're like, hey, Gus Edwards, time here we go. Uh, we dropped our episode, and right before the season starts, I think it was the last practice before the uh, before their game or at least pregame, I guess, for the Ravens. Gus Edwards and uh, and defensive back Marcus Peters both blew their ACLs as well. I believe that is the fourth ACL injury now for the Ravens, or fifth maybe, if I'm not mistaken. So that, unfortunately, that room uh, is very diminished. Armin can take a victory lap on his uh, oh, on yeah. his, his Tyson Williams takes and saying well, it was really important to pick him up and stash him to see what happens. And and he actually looked pretty darn good in those first couple snaps on that Monday nighter. So they ended up picking up, I think, three, four vets. They had Bell picked up, 
Devonta Williams or Devonta Williams or Devonta Freeman. I think he's on the practice roster still. And then they also picked up recently cut uh, New Orleans Saints running back. Um, names escaping me here for a second. Latavius Murray. Thank you very much, Lat Murray. And uh, he actually was picked up early enough that he saw some snaps. He uh, had a score as well on the Monday night or two. So uh, it's an interesting name to start throwing around, especially with waiver wires coming around. Fortunately, this episode will drop post waiver wires, but definitely an interesting name to be throwing around. So um, this one stinks. This one I'm kind of bummed about. Not only because I have him on my dynasty team, but man, he looked so good in that early in that game. Jerry Judy, high ankle sprain. They thought he's they thought he broke his ankle. Uh, the the uh, X-rays came back negative, but to think that you actually have a broken ankle obviously was a pretty severe injury. Uh, the original timetable I saw was six to eight weeks, but when they, they recently post that it was going to be a four to six week timetable, uh, I think that might be a little bit on the optimistic side. And even if he does come back in that four to six, like a high ankle sprain for a receiver making cuts and a guy that is known as a tactitional route runner, that's uh, less than ideal. So um, obviously a guy that I think was probably taking over that one position as the receiver in Denver now think makes things a little bit interesting. So uh, maybe somebody wants to talk about uh, who should be looking at there and, and why it should be Tim Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can, uh, I can take that for you. Yeah. If you want. I mean, KJ I mean, Hamler's not a bad name to throw out there either. Well, actually Noah Fant ended up leading the, that team in, uh, in targets and yards after Judy went down there. Like Judy was definitely leading that team for sure. And, he was going to have a crap ton of targets to begin with at the season here, but um, Fant would, I'd watch Fant actually. And then Tim Patrick breakout from 2020. Um, he, he led the team in targets after duty went down. Makes things a little bit interesting, obviously week one injuries. So yeah. that's where those first set of waiver wires, man, that's where you can call your shot. And that's like, was it week one or week two last year when Justin Jefferson got picked up? Like that's where you're going to start finding those gems, right? Like, those are, you don't win. They always say you don't win your draft. You don't win your league in the draft. It's obviously the moves that you make following. And, and those are the guys you got to be able to put your names on and hopefully to hit big on. So uh, here's another big one. This was a roller coaster. Raheem Mostert was set to absolutely light the world on fire against the Lions. He had two carries for 20 yards, was looking good. Then he went off hobbling a little bit. And then he just stayed on the sidelines and cheered for the rest of the game. And what would happen when he mousted to a little bit of a knee injury? We thought it might be minor. Uh, they took a look at it and he chipped some cartilage in his knee, which was a timetable of about eight weeks. They're anticipating was the original reports. And then they just reported earlier this afternoon that he will actually be out for the remainder of the season and getting surgery early next week. So Raheem Mostert out for the season. But the thing that actually makes this piece of news interesting was prior to the game, Trey Sermon was benched. He was healthy, scratched just right before the game, and which put us into a bit of a head scratcher situation. Obviously, not knowing most it was going to get hit, uh, not going to get hurt. Sorry, and then uh, Elijah Mitchell, right? Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, well, you go 100, 106 yards and a score, and lit lit up the lines. Uh, unfortunately, but makes a uh, a couple big names there to be paying attention to, along with uh, Jermichael Hasty. Uh, maybe Trey Sermon, oh, well, I would imagine he's going to get dressed for this upcoming week. But um, once again, what we thought was going to be a questionable San Francisco running core is still going to be a questionable <laughs> running core. But Zach, you've mentioned before that you want a piece of that San Francisco backfield because 
obviously the team run, they're a run first offense, but who do you think is going to be the guy that uh, is going to carry the load for the team in Romania of the season? Yeah. Like you mentioned just minutes ago, um, this post week one waiver wire is essential to um, fantasy success, uh, especially in redraft leagues. Um, this is that James Robinson moment, I think, um, where last year Robinson had a big week one and whoever got him off of waivers most likely had a very strong season in their respective league. Um, so whoever comes out of this uh, stable of Trey Sermon, Elijah Mich- Mitchell, and uh, Jamichael Hasty, uh, whoever's the, the starting running back out of that group, that's the running back that's going to be a league winner for a lot of redraft leagues. Um, you know, looking at Twitter and stuff during the day on Sunday, uh, Shanahan flat out said that uh, Trey Sermon was surpassed by Mitchell in preseason. Um, we saw what Mitchell could do already this week or this weekend rather. Um, so if I had to place my money on somebody uh, for fab bidding or for waiver priority, it would almost definitely be Elijah Mitchell. Well, and Hasty was healthy and dressed in that game, and Elijah Mitchell had majority of the touches too. So, definitely on the point in the direction. So you're calling your shots, and Elijah Mitchell for obviously the waiver wire is or the fab is going to run through here uh, by the time this episode is passed. But maybe just for a framework uh, for people moving forward, if right now Zach Strong is putting down a bid, uh, and Elijah Mitchell was there. He's not on the waiver wire of any leagues we're in, so it doesn't really matter all that much. But if a percentage of your waiver wire, what would you be willing to put down for a early waiver wire priority or uh, I guess a fab for a guy that you could have season long? Just for kind of a framework. I know that was a lot of questions people had asked us on social media was, well, how much money do you put on a guy? Well, I don't know if there is an actual, here's what I would spend, but we can, I guess, give you a bit of a heads up. So if you had to say, Zach, what would you be putting for Elijah Mitchell this week? Right. This is, this is certainly case by case um, in a, in a large regard um, to what your roster looks like. Um, If you're, if you're somebody like me that just hammers the RBs early in the, in the draft and you have like four of them on your roster, um, it might not be worth to dive in right away and spend a huge chunk of your uh, fab on Mitchell, because that's what you're going to have to do to get him. You're going to have to pay up to get a guy like this uh this week i think but if you're somebody that went uh wide receiver heavy maybe a tight end in the first round or two um and your your running back depth is pretty poor for a starter or presumed starter um somebody like mitchell somebody like uh taysom williams you're probably looking at 30 percent of your of your fab so out of a hundred dollar budget you know thirty dollars around there I think in the one league I'm not in with the both of you. I think it's one of the seldom leagues I'm not in with you. I think I put twenty. I think I put twenty six dollars, but I'm not in the position where I need him. I have, um, I think I have three running backs in that league. If I'm not mistaken, or I have three really strong ones in a fourth week one. So it's I'm not in a position where I need him. So I was like twenty six dollars. Okay, it's a good chunk of my fab, but I'm not going forty dollars by any means. You know, so right. it's, it'll be interesting to see where what the ends up looking in your league and seeing, okay, how much did it cost to get him? You know? Yeah. That's where I was at too, is I don't want to go over 30 for him. And I'm going to throw a piece of advice. Always put an oddball number. 25 isn't going to get it done. You know how many people are going to pick 25, <laughs> pick 26, pick 27, throw an oddball number out there. You know, you got to be a 
little bit different. How many people put five dollars on a bid? Put six. You know, yeah. mix it up a little bit. That's how you're gonna get them. Get well, the it's exactly. It's the same principle as any blind auction, right? You just yeah. you got to throw a random number out there if you want to win it. You can't pick the nice round numbers. Yeah, no round numbers allowed. Um, speaking of round numbers, uh, <laughs> uh, waiver wire priority for super flex leagues. What are you going to put in for a guy like uh, Taylor Heineke? My goodness, Ryan Fitzpatrick, this one sucked because he was one of my big time targets for super flex leagues. Another one of my Scott fish boys are down. It's not great. Ryan Fitzpatrick out for six to eight weeks with a hip injury. It's not good. Like that's a pretty optimistic timetable. Like there were some reports that were thinking he could be done for the year, potentially even like career ending. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick out for the Washington football team. I think, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I think this is going to be an immediate downgrade for all Washington options, especially in the receiving option. I think Gibson still looked pretty good. I think he can still carry the load quite a bit. Uh, they're going to have to put a lot more on his shoulders, obviously, if they want to be continuing to be successful because Taylor Heineke showed what he can do in the postseason, but I don't think it's anything to the potential of spreading the field around like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick could. Uh, so I think that's a tough situation for the Washington football team, but especially me and my Terry McLaurin, I think I have him in every <laughs> single league. So that's a, it's a tough look unless Taylor Heineke is going to support, uh, support McLaurin, I guess. It's a tough one. Yeah, uh, that team immediately turns into one besides Gibson that you don't really want to do with anything with fantasy. Cause it's going to be, they're going to try and control the game with that defense and, and keep it low scoring yeah. and just run the clock. I'm curious if it's going to be very similar to like Alex Smith last year, where it's just check down, check down, check down, short routes, tight ends, like, you know, like, and then who was it? Uh, who was the running back that was just hyper target, like unbelievable. JD McKissick. Sorry. JD McKissick. Yeah. JD McKissick. All of a sudden it was like week 11 and he's getting like 18 points on just check down targets alone. So <laughs> I'm curious if that's what it's going to turn into, or if it's going to be somewhere in the middle where there's, where there's going to be some little bit of a downfield targets. It's, I guess only time will tell, but hopefully Taylor Heineke can support some of those teams. Cause um, I think me and you Armin had Washington coming out of that division. Is that correct? Yeah, I had them coming out. had Dallas. So that defense got to go with that defense, but what you just said there begs the question, is J.D. McKissick worth picking up off the waivers for cheap if you need a running back, just in case they turn back to that offense now? Yeah, that's true. Uh, and the final one here, talking about waiver wire pickups, Cedric Wilson would be interesting little pickup here because Michael Gallup, the third, uh, third option uh, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, has been placed on IR. Uh, Cedric Wilson ended up getting a few targets towards the end of the game there when Gallup left. Now this can make things interesting for either, like I said, Cedric Wilson or uh, the tight ends there in town because they, they pass the ball a lot and they're behind a lot because their defense isn't very good. So they are going to have to air the ball out quite often. So I'm going to want as many passing options as I can in that Dallas offense. So something to keep an eye on there as well. Keep monitoring. Uh, it might be a little early. You might not have to put your stake on Cedric Wilson right now, uh, but you might want to pick him up for cheap before the potential uh, week two breakout there too. So something to monitor for sure. Um, weekly recap here, fellas. Uh, we are going to, instead of going through everybody, there are some guys that had great weeks, some guys that had poor weeks. Uh, we're going to do what's called a studs and duds section where we're going to have just a guy that we think balled out. That's kind of maybe unexpected to, or a guy that we're, 
we're very happy that did. And then duds are guys that we'd expect to be very, very good. And we're very, very bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will kick this off with my studs and duds. Uh, I'll, I'll do, we'll go through the studs first and then we'll recycle and we'll come back on the duds. But my stud is Thursday night, Antonio Brown. We, um, we've been talking up guys all, all off season and kind of making some hawk takes here and, and guys we like and guys we think are going to be really, really good, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I've been talking up AB all off season. I said, at the end of the year last year, he was, uh, he was a big time target hog. Uh, he has an awesome connection with Tom Brady and I was getting a little bit nervous because there's so many good options and he was the lowest drafted option. Obviously the other two were drafted quite high and uh, turning on that TV and watching a Thursday nighter and Antonio Brown, obviously balling out. So Antonio Brown put up in half point PPR, he put 21 points. Uh, he had five receptions for 121 yards, a touchdown um, on seven targets and he also had one rushing attempt for six yards. So AB having an absolute week. Um, I'm, I have picked him up in most of my leagues because he was pretty cheap. You didn't have to pay a lot to get him. Uh, he is quite old. So especially in the dynasty formats, you're not going to have him for much longer. So if you're a win now team, then I would uh, highly recommend trying to get him in your leagues if you're win now. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised what I saw. Uh, there's another podcast. The fantasy footballers podcast did a study recently about, um, when your receivers are on the field, how many times are they targeted when they're on the field? So not necessarily what your overall targets are, but it's when you're on the field, how many times the percentage of you being targeted. And Antonio Brown was one of the highest in that metric, meaning that when you're on the field, he, you are very important to the offense. Uh, so following that metric, obviously Antonio Brown being important to that offense, most of the receiving options had a pretty good week, but Antonio Brown uh, had a superb week of 21 points for a guy that you could draft anywhere between the seventh to 10th, 11th round. So Antonio Brown, have yourself a week. Um, the next one will go studs from uh, who do I have next? Is that Zach? I have next. Is that correct? Sure. Yep. No Zach, problem. Let's let's uh, let's hear your stud of the week. Alrighty. So um, I might start gambling here, guys. Cause if you remember um, I did pick the Cardinals to upset the Tennessee Titans didn't know what I was doing, and now I look pretty smart. Pulled myself a Zach Galifianakis moment. All those numbers <laughs> in my head at the poker table or the blackjack table. Rain um, counting cards. Yeah, exactly. And my stud of the week was Kyler Murray. Um, you know, listen to any podcast. Uh, go check into Twitter. Um, all the rage right now is the mobile quarterback and. I'm not sure if there's a more mobile quarterback right now than Kyler Murray. Uh, there was a play in the middle of that middle of that game against Tennessee where he ran everywhere but forward. He was going lateral, going backwards, um, and then he just chucked a bomb. Um, like definitely not how they drew it up, but super fun for the crowd, super fun for the fans to watch. Um, Kyler Murray was uh, 21 of 32. Uh, 289 yards passing, four TDs, and one interception with that added bonus of that one rushing touchdown. Um, He finished the game with uh, just over 34 and a half fantasy points. Um, That's absolutely what you want to see out of those Konami code quarterbacks, those mobile quarterbacks. Um, He was absolutely a game breaker that week for most fantasy or most, most fantasy owners. 
Yeah, he. Uh, I know exactly what play you were talking about, man. That's that, that felt like it was like a forty-five second play. It just kept going and kept going, and then all of a sudden he's like, and he threw it, and there you go, Hopkins forty-yard pickup. Like it was just yeah. unbelievable. Actually, I had a couple of guys texting me. So a good buddy of mine, he's a friend of the pod too. He does uh, pickums every week, and he was asking me. He said, "Well, what do you think about my pickums?" I said, "I'd be, uh, I'd be taking Arizona over Tennessee." <laughs> and I said, "Well, I think the COVID issues and everything that's going on with them." I said, "I think that's, uh, I think that might be an interesting bet." And he goes, "No, there's no way. There's no way." All of a sudden, it was like 20, 22 to like three or something like that, like right away. And I was like, so how was my take there? And I'm like, I can't take full credit. I'm going to give Zach the credit he deserves. But yeah, that was a real good pick there, Zach. No kidding. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Hey, you can't say that because you got to hit your next one here on week two. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Armin, stud of the week. All right. This guy for me, I wasn't sure I had question marks about him because last year he was injured so much. I didn't know if he was coming back to form or anything. He ended up in half point PPR, putting up still 23.2 points without scoring a touchdown, which uh, tells me he's back, baby. And that's CMC Christian McCaffrey. So um those of you who are willing to take him in the uh, the first overall slot still or or the second right and and not uh play it safe you're going to be rewarded this year by getting him and those of you who got him sliding down to you it's looking like it's going to be gravy train and you got him at a amazing discount so christian mccaffrey baby yeah how do you put up 29 points without a score like that's unbelievable yeah 29 in full ppr yeah yeah, ridiculous like, almost 30 like no touchdown like that's qb numbers and you didn't score a touchdown like so oh. stupidity that's yeah. stupidity um okay duds of the week this one i'm i'm taking two victory laps i okay first of all for i thought about going with my uh, amari cooper because i was pumping amari cooper's tires over cd lamb but then they both balled out so i'm like i can't really like take the victory lap <laughs> on that one but ab i can take the victory lap I'm taking a victory lap on Kyle Pitts, dud of the week. When I called this shot, I think it was week three of our pod arm and like the third third episode, I think I called it maybe, or is the fourth? It might it was post draft. It was early. It yeah, was it was early. one of our very one of our like first few episodes. I said Kyle Pitts is gonna be a boss in the 2021 season. And Armin was all choked because he drafted him in Dynasty. And like, no, like Dynasty, like it's a long-term outlook. The first year tight ends doesn't pan out. And everybody's like Kyle Pitts was uh, drafted some in some sense. He's the fourth tight end off the board, sometimes fifth, sometimes sixth, somewhere in that ballpark. It was ridiculous. I was seeing him in like the third, fourth round. Yeah, he was going very early. People wanted Pitts and they wanted him bad. And I said, he's a bust. Like he's going to be a bust this year. The very best ever was, I think, in 2017 or 2018 season, whatever Evan Ingram's year was. I think it was 17 or 18. I can't remember. But that's the best ever that's ever happened was Evan Ingram season. And nobody's going to touch that. Like it's an anomaly. Rookies tight ends don't come into the NFL and absolutely light it on fire. It just doesn't happen. And if there was going to be a week that he was going to light the league on fire, it's going to be against Philadelphia because Philadelphia cannot cover tight ends. And when you don't have weapons, uh, you got to be able to hyper target your athletes and, and just that whole Atlanta offense kind of just put up a goose egg. But um, I'm going to take a look here and pull up some stats for you. Uh, Kyle Pitts on eight targets had four receptions for 31 yards. That's it. So if you started Kyle Pitts, you started him with 5.1 fantasy points, which would have put him at, I got to double check this to be exact here, but 
I believe, bear with me, I believe he finished as like tight end 18 on the week. Uh, so that's not what you want coming out of a guy that you invested in high draft equity. Uh, so my dud of the week is Kyle Pitts. Oh, you let me check. I... Oh, sorry, tight end, tight end 24. And 24 <laughs> on the week. So I'm going to take a bigger victory lap. Kyle Pitts, bust of the year. Boss, that's the worst pick you could have made. Take, I'm you taking know, a victory lap. Where people are taking him is definitely, yeah, awful, awful to pick him there. I wouldn't have drafted him, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on him this year. I'm not going to get him off waivers, obviously, because people draft him unless they drop him. But he could, by the end of season, put him numbers, I think. But well, right now, up, he's not. But three more weeks of five points, he very well could end up being dropped. Like I, I mean, all leagues are different, right? Like I can't, I can't expect it. But the 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 non-educated fantasy player that gets you five points from your tight end each week, like you could very well see him dropped. But right. lots of targets. See, we can do some targets. But as of right now, yeah, he stunk. Zach, you're uh, you're dud of the week. All righty. So going back to my my pick last week, um, Julio Jones was certainly not what he was advertised as. Um, at least not in week one. Um, Julio finished with 5.9 points in PPR leagues, uh, three receptions on six targets for 29 yards. Um, admittedly, um, I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but looking at the box score, it's not what you're bargaining for when you drafted Julio Jones as about the 45th player off the board in your redraft leagues. Um, so that's like the middle to late third round. And that's definitely not what you want to see out of a premium pick like that. Um, presumably most people would have started Julio Jones um, having just picked him in the mid to third, uh, sorry, mid to late third round. And, you know, putting up those kind of points, it's very hard to go forward with much confidence this week. Uh, Julio finished as the 78th wide receiver this week, uh, just ahead of guys who I have never heard of, like Trinity Benson, uh, plays for Detroit. Um, everybody's favorite wide receiver in Chicago, Demir Bird. Uh, <laughs> hey, he was on the Pats. You got to love him. Yeah, I, oh, <laughs> I knew him last year. wasn't sure where he was this year. Uh, <laughs> ahead of Mike Strachan. Like, did he coach me grade six soccer? I don't know. He might have. <laughs> so oh, that's that's not what you want out of, uh, you know, one of your premium picks. So no. for the week, Julio Jones was certainly a dud. Yeah, that's uh, not what you want to see from a very high draft capital, like you mentioned. Armand, your, uh, your dud of the week? <clears throat> All right, my dud of the week burnt me bad in redraft in our staff league. Holy like I held off on QB in that league almost too long. And I was like, Oh, I don't know about this. But then I was like, Rogers is still there. That's dependable. I'll be happy with whatever he puts up per week. And then he puts up the worst performance of his career in week one, only getting me um, just over two fantasy points for the week. Just awful, 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 awful. Like, how does that happen, Rogers? Like, if you're 
he's probably not listening to me obviously but like i don't think he's listening to his coaches man like (laughs) clearly like come on man my high school qb could do better than that (laughs) yeah uh, i hope to see it on thursday yeah i hope so too um but yeah i gotta say rogers it hurt me bad and i'm sour in the mouth about it like he's a safe bet and he burnt so many people probably this week. Oh, I hope he I, puts uh, up. I hope he puts up another stinker on Monday against the Lions. This whole boy, you're saying <laughs> there, Zach? Uh, on Sunday night, I saw a meme on Facebook of a side by side comparison of Rodgers yeah. on the bench with uh, the quarterback from Longest Yard. Yeah, seemed like <laughs> something about point shaving or whatever. And I was like, oh man, yeah. that's too funny. Yeah, that's it, Coach. I'm done. I saw the side-by-side picture of him and, and Tom Brady and Tom Brady's what, like seven years older than him. And it's like, oh, Tom yeah, Brady yeah. looks like he's ready to go like for a jog on the beach. And there's like Rogers just put him in a pine <laughs> box. Like it's over <laughs> unreal. Yeah. That's uh, and that's a personal, that's a personal burn. Hey, like you started and that like me. Okay. I didn't get really burned by my guys. Like it's like pits. I don't have them anywhere. So it's like, I can just laugh at it. Like you're, you're kind of dying, dying on your own slow bleed there. And it was in like staff league in staff league. Yeah. Like <laughs> a big, important one. Yeah. And like, I had a decent, like I had Judy, but he still put up 13 points before he left with injury. And like, I had a decent week going probably nobody in single digits except Rogers who should have been putting up 20 or 30. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, if you uh, if you started Rogers, you had a pretty tough week. But uh, you know what would definitely make your week a little bit better is finding your way down to limitless gear and loading yourself up for the fall season. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, there are new new gear out there. They got uh, loaded up. Follow them on the Instagram. Follow them on social media. He's keeping you up to date with the new gear they got out there. I'm even wearing my new limitless gear hat today. Uh, it's nice little black hat they got the leather patch on there oh it's uh i'm really happy with this product i got my hoodie i'm saving that for the next episode so i'll show the fans that one but that uh, that'll definitely lift your spirits if you had a tough week one is finding your way down limitless gear a brand about bettering yourself and believing that possibilities are endless if you set your mind to it limitless gear out of prince albert find your way down on central ave that was one hell of a segue there, Jordan. And I think you just convinced me that if I go get some limitless gear, I am going to win every fantasy game this week. That's right off the cusp too. So I'm going to try and keep it just free whimmed all the, all the time. And that's, that's going to be a tough to beat one. I think that was pretty good. Shoot from the hip. Shoot exactly. From the hip. Yeah. Shoot I'll always remember hip. your first. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I had the good one too for rebellion brewery, but that one was like preset. Like I wrote that one down and went right from the skirt. That one. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Um, so let's get into the Canadian player profile here, folks getting into week two. So turning the page of week one, uh, the wins losses no longer matter as we enter week two, it's a brand new week here. And our Canadian player profile here for week two is going to be safety from the Miami Dolphins, Javon Holland. Uh, so last week, we, uh, we talked about Chase Claypool uh, going in week one. And uh, the stat line we had for Chase Claypool was 10 and a half. And uh, Armin and Zach bought uh, and I sold. And in week one, Chase Claypool put up one rush for 25 yards and he put up three catches for 45 yards and zero scores for a total of 10.0 points in half point PPR scoring. So 
Jordan's up one nothing. Let's get her going, boys. <laughs> Keeping tally of this one. So one nothing across the board. We're entering week two with Javon Holland of the Miami Dolphins. So uh, he was a BC native, born on, on March third, two thousand. Uh, he was born in BC while his dad was playing in the CFL. Fun fact. Uh, but then they ended up moving back to the Bay Area, uh, where he played high school in California. He's six foot one and one hundred ninety six pounds. He played college for Oregon and was drafted in this most recent draft class uh, by the Miami Dolphins in the early second round, 36 pick overall. Uh, in his rookie, rookie debut in week one, he had two tackles and one forced fumble, unfortunately against Zach's beloved New England Patriots. And yeah, I think he just Dolph- about killed Janu Smith. Yeah. Like, yeah. Smith was fully <laughs> vertical, except his head was down. His feet were in the air. It was quite the hit. Just about ruined the life and took the soul, <laughs> yeah. take the soul out of Zach in week one with a, exactly. with a, with a big Dolphins win. So um, last week against, uh, so last week the Bills uh, playing the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers were held to 270 yards and one score. So we are betting this week, uh, can the Dolphins and uh, Javon Holland of the safety of the Miami Dolphins, can they hold the Buffalo Bills to a similar stat line of 270 yards receiving and one score. Uh, we'll start with Armand. Are you going to buy or are you going to sell the, the Dolphins holding the Bills to under 270 and one score? So just double checking here with two stat lines in there. Um, the Bills have to get like 271 yards and two scores for me to get this right. If I we, say I'm selling we, the Dolphins, D. we can we can combine it into fantasy points, I guess. Uh, we can say so tw- 270 yards would be 27 points with one score. Uh, that would be 33 points. Is that correct? My math checks out. OK, OK. So the combined receiving options of the Bills under 33 fantasy points. Correct. In, and that's without the receptions. That's just based on yardage and scores. Receptions are so basically the QB stat. Essentially, yeah. So, it, yeah, I'm not buying that. Uh, Allen's going to put up more than 270 in one score on the Dolphins. Yeah, he, uh, he definitely did not look great against Pittsburgh, but uh, I guess it, Miami's, or, uh, Miami was uh, one of the teams that were hyped up to have a significantly better defense. They had a good defense last year, but you saw what they did to, uh, to New England this past week. So Zach, you watched, I would imagine you watched every second of that game. What do you think about, uh, what do you uh, think about the uh, Dolphins potentially doing that to the bills? Uh, well, yeah, the, the Dolphins were, they're quite a bit better than I expected them to be. Honestly, um, for them to have a chance at doing this, it's not going to be the, the defensive secondary, it's going to be that front seven that makes the difference. Um, they, <laughs> at least once a drive, they seem to have pressure in Mac Jones' face. So um, that defensive line, linebackers, they were, they were pretty good. Uh, they were able to rush the the quarterback with, with relative ease, it seemed. Um, but I'm still going to sell, uh, just like Armin did. I think this is a prime bounce-back game. For Josh Allen and the Bills, um, I would imagine it was a, a case maybe of not taking the, the Steelers as seriously as they should have. Um, I would imagine that they're going to come back with a vengeance. And 
Stefan Diggs, uh, Beasley, and the rest of those guys, Gabe Davis, are going to have a pretty big week, I think. Yeah, I thought about maybe altering the stat line a little bit just because it was uh, – I think that's a tough tough line to set or a tough line to recap. The thing was, was the um, – in, in that stat line was uh, the running backs actually had a pretty good week, and by running backs, uh, not Zach, Zach Moss getting healthy scratch prior <laughs> to the game, but – um uh, singletary actually had himself a not bad game i think he ended up having 100 yards all purpose i think he had 76 or something like that on the ground and i think he had about 18 through the air so uh having himself not a bad little week uh i i don't see that happening like you mentioned against that uh, dolphins front so i think they're gonna have to come through the air a little bit more so i will also be selling that i think um i think josh allen is going to put up more than 33 points so we'll uh well, I guess that score for Josh Allen would be depending on your quarterback settings, but uh, I'm going to sell as well. So unfortunately we have three cells here. I should have maybe changed the line. <laughs> what if I said uh, Josh Allen putting up, because uh, I guess the scoring for Josh Allen could be a little bit different. What if I said Josh Allen for, for 35 points? I think Josh Allen's going to put more than 35. So what if I, what if I change the line to 35 points for Josh Allen? Well, That's see, the, we, uh, I think you have to divide the passing yards by 25, though, not by 10. That is correct. Right. You divide so that we, by 25. That gets you 11 and a half plus the the four for the tutty. That's <laughs> shit. That's only 15 and a half. So let me figure out the quick math here. What if I set the line of 30? Is that because this line right now, 27 divided by 0.25, we'll be looking at like ballpark, say 17 points. Is that with the, with the score? Is that right? Yeah, it's it's right around 15, 16. So what if I what if I said Josh Allen 30 points? Does that change your line a little bit, maybe? Because what what did Josh Allen put up this last week? It wasn't great. Let's no, not great at all. Let's see if I can find it. Um if anybody else has it in front of them before they can get to me and then let me know. But I'm gonna scroll real quick to try and find it. Bear with us here, folks. <laughs> Uh, Josh Allen put up 12.2 points against Pittsburgh. So even if I say 25, Josh yeah, Allen, I'm going to say he's still going to double that. So you think Josh Allen, you'll still sell that Josh Allen will clear 25. Yeah. If we, mind. like if we're allowed yeah. to include his rushing uh, capacity, yeah, he'll surpass that. Yeah. So I think we're all three selling here. So I think it's, uh, well, I didn't do a very good job setting the bar, I guess. <laughs> week, th- <laughs> week three, we'll try a little harder with a Canadian player profile. But uh, yeah, I'll sell as well. I think Miami is quite a bit better, but I think, uh, like you said, Zach, Josh Allen's going to bounce back in a big way. So that's, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, anyways, that's Canadian, Canadian player profile week two of Javon Holland, the safety from Miami Dolphins. So uh, getting into our week, finishing up our weekly preview, I should say, uh, getting to the starts of the week. Just a brief recap, fellas. You want to tell everybody a little bit how you did. Armin, how'd you do on your starts of the week? I know you had, you had a couple big ones and a couple real stinky ones, eh? <laughs> well, I I would say I got, went three for four on the starts of the week. Cousins, yeah. I'm counting as a win. Um, he got you 25 points, and when you're streaming a QB, that's all you can really ask for, and it was, it was better than Rodgers. Yeah. Okay? Well, much better. <laughs> um, so I'm counting Cousins as a win. Uh, Ty Johnson, that was a stinker. Um, I was definitely expecting more from that run game, and – in the Jets, I'm going to take a half win, though, because he looked like the best in the Jets' backfield. 
um, for his limited touches. So I'm hoping he starts to pick up steam here. He's putting me in a real bind because I did draft him in our, our staff league. And I kind of, I'm debating whether I pick up Elijah Mitchell off uh, waivers here, or if I uh, try to just hold on steady with uh, Ty Johnson. That's a no brainer. Get rid of Ty Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is straight Jackie moon there. There's the alley and there's the oop. Yeah. Like, I'm too no invested brainer. guys. I'm too invested. <laughs> yeah. You got to put your, you got to put the uh, personal bias to the side there and you yeah. smash that waiver wire. Yeah, it's not an objective view there. I mean, I do have Najee, uh, Gibson, and uh, Damian Harris yet still in that league, so it's not like I need a running back, but it'd be nice to have a fourth. Um, Corey Davis, I'm smashing that win there. I hit hard on that, and then uh, Gerald Defford as a, as a good steal at the tight end position. Yeah, you had a score. I mean, from a streaming quarterback, you get a score, you're in the double digits, so when you're streaming – I would have liked to see his targets be up a little bit more, but I don't, when you have what DK get two scores and you got Lockett get two and they're all like 70 yard bombs. Like there's not going to be many pass, <laughs> passing attempts when you're throwing 70 yard bombs. Right. So Gerald, everybody, he could be another guy you could plug in and play and take him for your second week in a row. Cause targets go up and you're like, that was, that was a pretty good start to, I, I, I was on board with that one. Zach uh, starts the week. Uh, last week, I'm kind of in the same boat as, as Armand. I'd probably say for sure two guys came through um, and one other guy would have had a real good chance at coming through for me. Uh, Joe Burrow, as a streaming quarterback, did A-OK, about 19 points. Uh, you know, probably not his lowest game of the season, but definitely not his highest game of the season. So right there, what I'd expect out of a streamer. Um, James Robinson... He really fell off the wagon there um, against the Texans. They were in a negative game script, and he was out-touched by Carlos Hyde. So um, don't know what uh, what Urban's up to, but uh, it's definitely not helping me look good here, that's for sure. <laughs> you hear that, Urban? Get your act together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might get Before fired shame. midway through his week one. Before his uh, – <laughs> well, thank you. So I saw reports that he was like – I don't know if these are legit. Like it wasn't from like a pretty reliable news source. So I don't think it was legit, but it was like that he's like not feeling the NFL and wants to go back to the, go back to college. Right. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. Cause the, the first source I saw it on, I was like, okay, this is a joke. And I saw it on another source. I'm like, okay, this isn't a super reliable source, but I want to dive into that. Cause if that's true, Oh boy, that is the most Jacksonville thing that could possibly happen. Yeah. I, I saw something very similar. It was, I think it was like NFL Reddit on Twitter or maybe college football Reddit on Twitter um, that, may, you know, maybe entirely sarcastically made the this connection to the USC job, um, them, them letting go of uh, Helton at USC yeah. and bringing in uh, and bringing in Meyer. Um, whether that was sarcasm or not, I don't know, but definitely something that I could see happen as it seems like every stop Meyer's had, it's always been leaving on, less than rosy terms whether yeah. it was florida or uh, ohio state and looking at his previous schools and in florida and ohio state you know usc is that same mold it's a, it's a national brand a place that he could recruit you know anywhere across the states um a big market in that uh in that conference so um whether or not that's the truth or not i wouldn't be shocked yeah, it'd be uh, interesting to see. 
Oh, studs. Um, yeah. So for your last yeah. one, your tight end, correct? Uh, no, uh, actually Debo Samuel, oh, yeah, he right. came through in a big way. Ooh. Um, I, I mentioned that Brandon Ayuk wasn't, uh, you know, may not play or may not be as effective. And, and boy, did I get lucky there. Uh, Debo Samuel really came through against the Detroit Lions. And lastly, Janu Smith, um, who I mentioned earlier, he was somebody that could have had a much larger um, fantasy output had he not lost that fumble to the previously mentioned safety um, from Miami. Um, but just watching the Pats play, it was, it was a really nice breath of fresh air to see the Pats have not one but two viable tight ends. I think uh, just in that first game alone, they might have had close to as many tight end receptions as they had all of last year. Um, it's amazing what having a uh, capable quarterback will do to a team. Yeah. Even coming back to your, uh, your Debo Samuel, he had a fumble too. So even still like he had a couple negative points, but still looks so freaking good. Like what a call on the shot. You both, both your guys' receivers smashed too. Cause Corey Davis had two scores. Like both of them had pretty big weeks. So yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, really... Samuel can play a full season. Yeah. That's, I'm really uh, sad I didn't get uh, Corey Davis in any drafts. Actually, I was wanting to target him, but people kept reaching above me, and obviously, people figured out from preseason that he's the guy in New York right now. Yeah, I got him in a couple, so I was pretty pumped to have have that start in there. So <laughs> I was one league I didn't even start him too, so that kind of sucked. But um, I was deep in receiver, so that's but definitely won't make that mistake again. Uh, mine were Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Mike Davis, and Jared Cook. I'd consider myself three out of four, and that's mm-hmm. kind of might be a bit of a stretch. Mike Davis, he had a, he had the full work, but unfortunately didn't we couldn't couldn't do much with it. That whole offense didn't look very great, and had a couple goal line carries, got stuffed. I think he ended up getting eight points. So for a guy that you want to fire up was a as a sixth round, maybe fifth round running back. Uh, that I'm not taking that as a win by any means. But Jared Cook looked pretty good. Uh, old. Older vet tight end. Uh, he looks pretty good. Robbie Anderson had a score to save himself. Uh, it wasn't great, but definitely got the job done. And then Trevor Lawrence had a pretty decent little week against the Texans. Nothing spectacular, but the Urban Meyer effect, unfortunately, was uh, was what happened there. So uh, starts of the week here. We're going to get ours going uh, for the week number two, and we're going to wrap this bad boy up. So, uh, uh let's go to Armin first your quarterback of the week all right my QB stream of the week I'm going with Jameis Winston and you could probably stream him and then just keep him in that lineup for the rest of the season um he was coasting and still put up almost 30 30 fantasy points this week and he has an even juicier matchup against Carolina coming up in week two um so I expect him to continue on this train. He he didn't throw an interception. He's looking like a new man who's still slinging the ball like he used to in, in a way. So good, but not the same. Yeah, he actually uh, he surprised me quite a bit. He threw what is he threw 150 yards and five scores, like just a pretty yeah. ridiculous stat line. So yeah. Uh, Zach, your uh, your start of the week at the quarterback position. All right, so this one might uh, might take your fancy a little bit, Jordan. Uh, my quarterback to stream this week would be Jared Goff. Um, Let's of, go. <laughs> of the Detroit Lions, absolutely. 
Um, I didn't realize he put up 38 of 57 uh, passing attempts um, in a comeback attempt against the 49ers. This week, they go up against Green Bay, who Armand just mentioned, gave up a number of TDs to uh, James Winston. Um, so considering the, the production that he had against Green Bay and also considering that it's more than likely that Detroit will be in another comeback situation, I would imagine Goff gets to pass the ball quite a bit. And as those attempts go up, so do yards and quite possibly touchdowns. So Jared Goff would be somebody that I would be interested in plugging in to my starting lineup if I was the Fitzpatrick owner or if I just, you know, maybe I had Matt Ryan and I'm not happy with Matt Ryan. Jared Goff is a guy. (laughs) Yeah, or Rodgers. Jared Goff is somebody I think you could peel off the waiver wire, you know, post, uh, the first order of waivers um, like on Thursday or Friday for free. Yeah. He, uh, he actually looked pretty freaking good. He's, he surprised me. Like I, they were getting blown out. So it wasn't much of a, much of a reaction to start, but then he started having to chuck the ball much. And obviously Hawkinson was a nice little safety blanket for him, but yeah, he actually, uh, he, he surprised me. He looked a lot better than I anticipated. So hopefully keep that rolling. Uh, my start of the week is going to be Teddy Bridgewater uh, from the Denver Broncos. Uh, they are seeing Jacksonville this week, and uh, I don't have to tell you much other than the fact that uh, Tyrod Taylor ripped apart <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, a QB that hasn't found himself a starting role for quite some time. Um, and obviously Houston is kind of a dumpster fire, even though I think they're <laughs> they're leading their division at the point. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball quite a bit, and Teddy is a mobile guy. He's also a very accurate passer. Uh, they did lose a weapon in Jerry Judy, but I think Teddy Bridgewater can get it done when you are looking for a streaming quarterback this week. So I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater of the Denver Broncos. Uh, Armand, start of the week at the running back position. All right. This is where I take my victory lap. I mentioned him as a sleeper before the draft as one of the RBs that we should keep an eye on. And that is Elijah Mitchell. He has jumped over. Trey Sermon on the depth chart, Hasty on the depth chart. Okay. Um, he is going to be the guy to go for in this San Fran offense at running back. And he's got a decent matchup against Philly this week, who doesn't have the greatest defense, right? So expect with that that running offense of San Fran and the Philly defense that Elijah Mitchell can put up points again this week. Um the only thing I'm hesitant about is when Jeff Wilson comes back mid-season. Um, I know the the San Fran um, coaches do like Jeff Wilson, but who do they like better will be the question. So if Elijah Mitchell can get hot and stay hot here, then we won't need much of Jeff Wilson. But uh, I'm just throwing a little nugget out there of just keep a close eye on Jeff Wilson. Zach? All right, so... This is somebody that <clears throat> maybe maybe not a total sleeper, but and but he it certainly depends on the format that you're playing in. Um, James White, um, you guys may have forgotten about him after last year with Newton uh, under center and not having to check the ball down to James White. But uh, on Sunday, we we all saw why James White was Tom Brady's go-to guy for for all those years in New England. 
Um, he's back in that familiar check down role, third down role, safety net role um, in the New England offense. Uh, on Sunday, he had six receptions for 49 yards, four rush attempts for 12 yards, and he was on the field for just over uh, a third of the snaps. He played 37% of the snaps on offense, um, which doesn't seem like a whole lot. Uh, but considering the fact that he is by far the Patriots' uh, best pass-blocking running back and that the Patriots' starting right tackle went down with an injury, um, I would not be shocked to see James White play an increased role on offense on Sunday against the New York Jets. And with more playing time comes more opportunities. Um, so look for James White to put up, you know, 10, 11, 12 fantasy points week in, week out. Not flashy, not sexy, but neither is a Honda Civic, and it's super reliable. <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. Honda Civics. the Every single vehicle you see in a high school parking lot. <laughs> yeah, because they're so reliable. Come on, yeah, guys. Never, never ends. Um, yeah, maybe not the 2002 Honda Civic. I'm going to a new flashy toy that did not pan out in week one. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little bit of boost of confidence. Probably not a guy you could use as a start of the week last week, but uh, definitely this week. I'm going to go with Najee Harris, running back from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He, uh, he had a very, very forgettable week one and debut into the NFL. Unfortunately, uh, well, he had 17... Uh, 17 touches, 16 carries for 45 yards, one reception for four yards on three targets. Very, very forgettable. Uh, but the stat that I need you to not forget was he was on the field for 53 of 53 snaps. He did not come off the field for one single offensive snap. He is a very good blocker. He is dynamic in space for catching the ball, and he can do a lot with that ball uh, between, between the tackles and definitely getting outside as well. He is elite. He was a first-round draft pick, and Buffalo's defense is no joke. Uh, now, what defense is a joke is who they're going to be seeing this week is the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they are apparently projected as the second-worst defense this upcoming week, uh, and parts to do as I think Najee Harris is going to have a big breakout week against the Raiders. Uh, the team has tried to throw the ball a ton. They had to last week because they were in that negative game, strip, negative game script, uh, but Pittsburgh couldn't get it moving. So watch them get the ball moving with Najee Harris's legs against the Las Vegas Raiders this upcoming week. Uh, wide receivers, Armand, let's hear it. All right. I'm going with Tim Patrick for my wide receiver start this week. He's a guy you can get off waivers probably. A lot of people forgot about him with the hype train of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton coming back from injury. But after Judy went down, like we talked about before earlier in the podcast uh, here today, Patrick was one of the target leaders after Judy went down. So um, pick him up, play him while Judy's out here. Um, he was a 2020 breakout last year. He's a dependable wide receiver last year. People just forgot about him. Take advantage of that until before people start to remember his name. Yeah, I, uh, I actually almost put him as mine and I pivoted last second and then I was pretty happy to see that he made the made the list on, on yours there, Armin. So he's definitely a waiver wire darling, I think, this upcoming uh, waiver wire period. But uh, Zach, let's let's hear yours. All right, this is a guy that was likely drafted um, in most leagues, not drafted to be a starter, I would assume, but somebody that was on most people's benches this week, but 
might get some consideration this week, and that is Devonta Smith, rookie wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, he was uh, six receptions for eight targets, 71 yards, and one touchdown. Um, this week, he's going against a banged-up secondary with the 49ers who had just lost one of their starting corners, Jason Verrett, to the season. Um, on Sunday, Smith played 87% of the snaps as a rookie in his first start. So clearly, uh, between Philadelphia's putrid uh, receiving position and their you know presume, presumptive faith in Smith, I think this is a situation that could really flourish. Uh, you know, think something like Justin Jefferson last year, uh, a rookie receiver that kind of comes on, and before you guys know it, he's a you know a bona fide wide receiver one, wide receiver two in all fantasy formats. Yeah, he looked legit. Like what a route runner! <laughs> His first yeah. score, he was wide open, just torched that corner. It was it was just a treat to watch. At least for the present moment, BMI does not matter. No, it does not. <laughs> Until he gets folded coming across the middle, but let's yeah. let's keep the hype train going here on the outside. Um, so this is my start of the week here at wide receiver was a guy I seriously considered last week, but I thought, you know what, with a tough matchup, maybe he's not my best option to uh, pump the tires or pump the uh, pump his tires a little bit. Um, but what a mistake, and he proved me wrong. So I have nothing but the utmost confidence in this guy. Um, I just target him in every draft I was in. If he can stay healthy, he is unbelievable. And uh, that is Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers. He, uh, he had 12 targets. As a wide receiver, two and 12 targets, you're going to put up massive numbers, and that's what he did against a very good Washington football team defense. 12 targets, eight receptions for 82 yards and a score. If he can stay healthy and he's going to keep receiving these amounts of targets, he's going to continuously put up numbers. Um, so that is very simple why I'm picking Mike Williams this week. Uh, if you're going to put those numbers up against very, very good defense, uh, he's going to put up those numbers against a very, very bad defense because this week he is going up against the Dallas Cowboys. And you've already seen what Tom Brady and the Buccaneers did to that uh, defense on Thursday night. So I expect a very similar outcome with uh, Herbert and the Chargers in the hands of Mike Williams. So he's going to be bound for a big week. So start of the week, Mike Williams. A uh, last position here, Armin, tight ends. Who are, uh, who are you going with your start of the week at the tight end position? All right, my streaming tight end for this week. I'm going to continue to bang the same drum I beat it, beat last week <laughs> with Gerald Everett. I'm going to pull him up again here because he is against Tennessee this week who didn't look good. Last week, he, they're not a very good defensive team. They're more of an offensive team. So uh, I'm looking to see um, Gerald Everett get uh, get some more points here, maybe be a little bit more targeted, um, and maybe even have a better week than last week. So When I said you could use him again, I didn't think you actually picked him. So <laughs> there we go. I got a little foreshadowing, I guess. Everybody got a little halfway through the episode. Well, I'm hoping for you because that's uh, that's a guy that when you look for the tight end streaming and you can hold on to him and keep running, that's a, that's a gem. So ho hoping the best for you, Armin. Uh, Zach, you're streaming tight end of the week. 
Alrighty. Well, worked out so well last week that I took a, a Jaguar. I'm going to do the same thing this week, just different position. Uh, my tight end stream is going to be James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, no, that is not a cheap Irish stout that you can pick up at the liquor store. That is a starting tight end in the NFL. Um, he was he had six receptions for eight targets for 48 yards in full PPR leagues. That's over 10 points. That is pretty dang good for like a top 10 tight end, let alone somebody that you can pick up this week for free. Um, I highly doubt he was owned in any like standard regular Yahoo or like NFL league. All right. Um, he plays in Jacksonville. They were behind for most of the game against the Houston Texans. And I would assume that might be a familiar sight this week as they play the Denver Broncos. Um, so look for the Jakes to pass the ball a lot, which means O'Shaughnessy will get a lot of opportunities because on Sunday he played 80% of the snaps. So just like I've been saying the you know, the previous few times, the more you're on the field, the more likely you're to put up production. Yeah, uh, you might get burnt again, Zach. Jacksonville curse. <laughs> uh, hoping, hoping for the best, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, mine's a little bit of a cheat here. Uh, he's usually we're trying to go for a guy that's streaming, a guy that you can try and pick up off the waiver wire. But uh, as I pick this guy, I'm going to say that he's going to end up in the top five uh, this week for tight ends. And I'm going with Dallas Goddard from the Philadelphia Eagles. So not necessarily a guy you'll find on the waiver wires, not necessarily a guy you can stream, but I'm claiming it and saying that he is going to be a uh, potentially a top five candidate here for tight ends. This past week, he looked not too bad, but what's looking even better for him is Zach Ertz is trending to not play. He's questionable this upcoming week, and they are going against a team in the San Francisco 49ers that was ripped apart by a tight end. TJ Hawkinson put up 21.7 fantasy points this past week. Uh, even though he was very hyper-targeted, the Philadelphia Eagles are in a similar situation. They, they are not blessed with weapons outside of Devonta Smith. So Dallas Goddard is a very, very potential uh, option one, if not a very capable option two for Jalen Hurts. So uh, he's not necessarily a guy you'll find on the waiver wire or be streaming, uh, but you can definitely have the confidence in starting him this week as he is, as I am putting a fl flag in there for him to be a top five tight end this upcoming week. Yeah, especially if Ertz is out, especially if Ertz is out. <laughs> not that I think he's, uh, he's by all, be all, end all either, but uh, he's definitely, I don't want to be sharing tight end targets, so. Um, our, my new favorite, uh, segment of the week and soon to be betters favorites as Zach is one for one. We are going to listen to Zach's upset of the week for week. Number two, Zach, take her away. All right. I am taking the Eagles over the 49ers. Currently the Eagles sit as three and a half point underdogs to the 49ers. Uh, both teams are one and oh, after the first week of the season, um, but that one win cost the 49ers their starting running back and one of their starting cornerbacks. So right now it's looking like the Niners are a bit banged up. Um, I really liked what I saw out of the Eagles this weekend with uh, Jalen Hurts at Q. 
So I'm going to look for a big day from Philly and their skill position players against a less than fully stocked 49ers defense. Uh, on the weekend, Goff had Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions put up 338 yards through the air with a pretty, you know, less than stellar receiving core with the Lions there. Um, I think the skilled players in Philly are quite a bit better. And combining that with with Hertz's legs and mobility, I could see the Niners having a hard time stopping that. So I am going to confidently say that the Eagles will um, will win the game and beat the 49ers. Zachary Strong, I want to see it go two for two. I'd be so do pretty, I. pretty so do people. You're gonna start gonna start betting with Zach Strong here. One for one could have won you some money. So um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you, Zach, and I'm gonna keep with the 49ers on that one. And you think you mean, mean cover cover the spread too? Cover that three and a half spread? Three and a half point spread. Yeah, well, that's what it is. You got if you're betting on San Francisco, you're betting on them to cover the spread. So yeah, I'll I'll bet on that. That's a just over a field goal. 49ers. Uh, I'm I'm with you, Zach. I got you. Good looking pump, out. Pump your tires a little bit. <laughs> um, your, your streak's gonna end before it even begins. Yeah, big streak a week one. Anything to anything to add here, fellas, before we wrap this one up? Uh, I was super excited that we got through this first week here. It was awesome to see football again at uh, the NFL level, and uh, just excited to keep it rolling. I I hope to come out this week at least with one win in a redraft league. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess that'll uh, I guess that'll do it for episode 19. Good luck in week two, everybody. Big thanks again to Limitless Gear, uh, major sponsor. Find your way down there uh, if you're in Prince Albert. If not, you can order online uh, on their website as well. Limitless Gear, thank you very much as major sponsor. Uh, big shout out to all the teams in the charity league. We're putting out an image for that where we were the number one point getters of the week in our own league. So you'd love to see it. So uh, we're rolling. Uh, week two fantasy seasons around the corner here. Uh, big Monday nighter, Lions, Lions, Packers, go Lions, baby. Uh, that's week 19. Thanks again, everybody. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, everybody. Check us out on socials as we're firing up a lot of news and everything, uh, information that'll help you out week to week in between the podcast. So check us out on social media. Uh, give us a like and subscription on our podcast and YouTube as well if you're listening on that platform. And good luck in week two, everybody. Take care and good luck. Good luck.